Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around, you're in the right place. All right, we've got a good show for you guys today. Uh, we are talking to the CEO and co-founder of a company called Compound based in New York, Janine Yorio. She's actually a previous guest on the show, uh, season four, episode 42 in April of 2019. And we talk about their mission of making investments really globally accessible for anybody. Now, they've had some big updates and made a lot of progress in the last uh, nine, 10 months or so. And so we had to have her back on the show to talk through some of those updates and where they've gone. Let me, let me just break it down for you this way. I both, uh, you know, I went and downloaded their app, created an account, and I reserved 10 shares of an apartment condo in Miami in less than five minutes. That's how seamless in it, the onboarding, the sign-up, everything was. If you can make investment into real estate, high-end, class A properties, that easy, you know that there's a lot of work on the back end. And we talked through that, all the details of you know working with the SEC, um, how you get this to an online platform, and even some of the challenges that are on the horizon. Um, there's a lot of changes in landlord laws and the sentiment between tenants and landlords right now. And how should that or how should it not affect your outlook in investing in some of these cities? Um, Janine's really uh, on the edge of things here. And I think that uh, watching companies like Compound, you're going to get a glimpse into the future of how more and more investors, both high net worth and you know, you're just average citizens looking to own a bit of real estate are going to be investing in real estate. It's kind of cool. Anyway, uh, I think you'll like this one. Hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Janine, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, how are you? Good to talk to you again. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm great. Uh, no, you're uh, hanging out in New York. We're both in the frozen tundras of uh, American cities. Although I think Chicago's winter has been fairly mild. It seems like New York hasn't had too many polar vortexes this year, right? We haven't. And, and as any, anybody who lives in New York will tell you, weather here is not great, but there are some things that are a lot more important than the weather. So yep. it's, it's a great city despite our terrible climate here. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't follow Janine on social media, I, I highly recommend it because Janine's love for New York is so obvious and apparent uh, as... Like the, the other day, I think it was basically like the street vendors or something I think you might have been posting about. But anyway, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about Compound and what Janine's been building. And it's been awesome to watch the progress. Um, so we'll start off with the basics. Uh, please go ahead, introduce yourself for those who don't know you, who you are and what you do. So my name is Janine Yorio. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders of Compound. And Compound is a real estate investment app that lets strangers from all around the world come together to buy investment condos in the best cities in the world. So what that means is you can download our app on the App Store or on Google Play in a matter of a few minutes, look through all the different investment choices and make a small dollar investment in investment condos, condos that are owned and held as investment properties. We're active today in some of the best cities in the world, New York City, obviously, but also Austin, Miami, Nashville, and San Francisco. And it's a new way to invest and build a real estate collection for retail investors that doesn't exist otherwise. 
Yeah. So uh, before we get into the details, I have to, at the very top of the show, I have to say this. I downloaded the app, created an account, and reserved shares of a condo in less than five minutes. So before we even get into any of the details, I need people to understand exactly how frictionless the process was and kudos to the entire team at Compound because I can't imagine making something so, what sounds complicated, so easy on a consumer end. The only thing I wish I had, maybe we should have talked about this, but uh, I, I need like a, congrats, you just bought some shares, share this to social media, get like a, I don't know if there's like a rewards program, but that was the first thing I wanted to do. It was so easy. It's coming. It's coming. Okay, good. Okay, I'm impatient. For horses, this was V1.0. <laughs> it's only going to get better from here. Yeah, so okay. So for, so for, for some of the long-term listeners, you might know this, but new listeners, Janine was on the show back in April 2019. And I think this is when you guys were just starting to talk about what you were working on. I know you guys have been kind of working in a little bit of a stealth mode for some time. I had been following you guys. I felt like a little bit of a, not like a, not, not a stalker. That's a terrible word to say. But uh, I had been following, you know, since it was just Compound NY. You know, like it was like the summer prior to uh, you and I had had a conversation to chat. So over the last nine to 10 months, you shipped the mobile app. But what are some of the other big developments or changes around the company and the, the, the way you guys have been launching and going to market? What are some of the big notable uh, milestones you've achieved? Well, everything we do is SEC compliant, which, you know, as anybody who's ever worked with a government agency understands, it's a long and arduous process to go through, which we did, and it's taken a while. We've created a pretty unique legal structure, which meant that the SEC had to try to figure out how to sort us and whether to approve us. And it's great that we've done all that work. It took a lot of time. It, it's great for us because now we've done it and it creates around us for other other similar companies that want to enter the space. But it's not fun by any stretch. It's like a, <laughs> like a proctology exam mixed with an audit, mixed with the government, uh, mixed with expensive lawyers. So... Um, we're really proud of the work we've done on that front. Jesse Stein, who's my co-founder, masterminded the whole process. He's been kind of working on interesting ways to securitize real estate for the last 10 years of his career. So for him, this is like the culmination of his life's work. And he was like dreaming about ways to bring individual assets to the public markets and like he did it. And um, we're so happy to have him on our team because he's, he's really our secret weapon. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and um, obviously, I mean, I can't imagine the, the legal side of this. It sounds like it's got to be a total nightmare. Um, but you guys have, you've, you've navigated. Uh, and I think that that's pretty brilliant. So you have, uh, you know, looking through the app this morning, um, there's a few cities that are live. So today, um, what are the cities that people today can reserve shares of, of buildings? Miami, New York, and Austin. Okay. And then the coming soon is the, the Nashville and San Francisco. San Francisco. And are you staying US based for the near future or uh, is international on the horizon? Long. Um, you know, it's, it does add more complexity on the regulatory front to add other cities. But my vision for this company has always been about facilitating cross border movement of capital so that it's just as easy to invest from New York into Miami as it is from Dallas into New York but then also from Singapore into New York or New York mm. into London because we're all, it's a, it's a global economy today. And 
Americans want to invest overseas and certainly foreign investors want to invest here. And it's actually not very easy for people to do that. So the whole vision of Compound is to simplify real estate investing so that you can do it from your phone in a really transparent, straightforward way from anywhere to anywhere. And part of that value proposition is connecting cities that are outside the U.S. to the platform as well. Yeah. And, and so um, let's talk just functionally how it works a little bit. So if I want to invest in some of these condo units or these apartment buildings as um, we're talking about here, mm-hmm. do I have a minimum hold time? So there's a minimum investment, which is 10 shares. And the mm-hmm. least expensive uh, investment on our, pro- on our platform today is $4.80 a share. So the minimum investment is $48. The holds period is anticipated to be three to five years. That's what it says in our SEC filings. However, we are building an in-app exchange so that you can sell your your shares through the app to another buyer when you want to. And although it's not built yet, and we have to be very clear because this is SEC rules. Mm -hmm. It does not exist yet. It may not exist in the future, but we're working very hard to make it happen because one of the things, one of the obstacles we wanted to kind of bulldoze in real estate investing is the lack of liquidity. Like it's great if you're already rich to tie up millions of dollars in real estate and not be able to get to it for five years or 10 years or But if you're just getting started and I don't know, say you want to have a wedding or go back to graduate school, you might need to get $25,000 out of your portfolio. And that makes real estate a tough investment. So adding that liquidity component was really important to the product design. Yeah. And I I really like that. I mean, because I think that, you know, some of the things that you guys are challenging, you're like, you're tackling is there's people live and work in these cities. Obviously, lots of people live and work in New York City. Mm -hmm. But the the landscape today to be able to own a piece of it, it it's so difficult. Um, I think I read in one of, you, one of your articles, you had quoted something like, it was like, what, 55% of apartment sales are all cash in New York? Yeah, that's true. 55% of the buyers buy all cash. The average price of a condo is $2 million. Oh my goodness. And so that means that even people who have great jobs, who've been saving for a decade, can't afford to buy here. of all the people that live in New York City rent. And that's not because they don't want to own. It's because they just flat out can't. Mm -hmm. So the value proposition for Compound is obviously to help more people get on the ownership ladder, both where they live and in other cities that they want to be an owner of. And to build a personal real estate collection in a way that never felt possible before. Yeah. And it it just makes sense. If, you know, so I'm I'm a believer in investing in real estate. I see the value in it. You know, I think that some people see more value in stocks or bonds or whatever, you know, you pick your vehicle. I I just stick with what I know and understand because it feels like it's less like gambling. Um, And I think for a lot of other people, they would see the value in it, but they just can't, they can't come up with either the large down payments or those, you know, compete against cash buyers. And so this is the kind of, you know, over time putting money aside and investing that, actually is literally realistic for nearly anybody. Because if it's 10 shares is the minimum. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, it's, it's so doable and so realistic. Um, you, you could literally trade in your, your daily latte yeah. <laughs> for buying shares right. of a condo building. And I think 
like for, I would say for 90% of people, you don't have to convince them that real estate is a great investment. I mean, literally people from all walks of life mm-hmm. love real estate. And think about everybody, once they get a little rich, regardless of their profession, what's the first thing they do? They obviously buy a home and then they start buying investment properties. I mean, I remember I used to work in Vegas a lot and literally every stripper would take their tips and put it into real estate. It's not hard to understand <laughs> why it's a good place to park money that you don't want to you don't want to erode the value of this isn't crypto, you know, it's not going to, it's not a get rich quick scheme, mm-hmm. but it's a never lose money type product. And then I can't, I'm sorry, I can't say that there's always a chance you could lose money, but historically real estate has had a very low risk to reward ratio. Yeah. In a horrible economy, even during the great recession of 08, 09, real estate prices didn't fall that much relative to the other, other, to stocks and to bank stocks and to the other financial instruments that were hit really hard by that downturn. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an, it's kind of a no brainer. You only lost if you sold. Yeah. That's the other thing. If you have (laughs) patience to hold through the dip, you're fine. Some old time families in New York that own enormous portfolios and are like, you know, New York is kind of soft right now. What do you think? And one of the guys, he was like, it doesn't matter. It's the best market in the entire world. He, he used an expletive when he said it to me. <laughs> My family, they bought in 1961 and 1966. And he was like, you know, 62 was a downturn or I, I can't remember the year. And he's like, it doesn't effing matter because mm-hmm. long-term it's an island. It's growing. There's scarcity. People want to be here. There's job growth. Long-term, as long as you have patience, you never regret buying into these big, fast-growing cities like New York, like San Francisco, like Austin. Some of the newer cities, I think, are even more exciting because we're seeing massive population inflows, massive job growth. I mean, they're the New York City of the future. That's yeah. why, that's why we, put, we put Austin and Nashville on our platform. They're not big. They're not old, but they're growing and people love them. You know, they have really strong forward-looking drivers for their economic growth and participating in the housing price appreciation in those markets is one of the best ways to participate in the growth in those markets. Yeah. So I, you know, when I logged into the app, the first thing I did actually, I think I was turn on alerts for Nashville. Uh, I spent a year living in Nashville. Um, was it, uh, well, actually when I started the podcast, that's where I started from. And okay. Yeah, I was uh, Franklin. Technically, it was like thirty minutes south of Nashville, but um, very familiar with the city. And it is the only growth comparison city I have for it is Seattle. Um, I will make a distinction though; it's far cleaner than Seattle is. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, well, but if, wait. if cleanliness is your barometer, you won't like New York. But keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love New York just because of, I miss, I love the East Coast attitude. That's what I don't yeah. like about Seattle and Nashville. They don't have that East swagger East. that you can't, you cannot replicate East Coast attitude. I'm originally from Philly. So, um, but uh, you know, I, I think that Nashville, I, I love the prospects of growth in Nashville. I think it's got great potential. It's got some transportation issues, I think, mass transportation issues. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great city that's going to come up and I think we're going to see a lot of good things come from. Oh. And that's the whole point of Compound. Like You and I might not agree on whether Nashville is something we want to have a ton of in our portfolio, but by making the investment minimum small, I could say, look, if I want to allocate $25,000 in this strategy, maybe I put $10,000 in a Nashville and you put $2,000. You know, We don't have to agree. When you invest in a REIT... That board of directors of that read is deciding for you, okay, we're long Nashville, short Charlotte, long New York, short Seattle. With Compound, you can decide to make those decisions yourself. Mm-hmm. 
your hypothesis and allocate accordingly. And we may not see eye to eye and that's okay. You yeah. know, that's, I think that whole idea of customizing your portfolio is self-directed, but in a way that's really simple. Like you're not, I'm not going to make you read a bunch of PPMs to get comfortable is very empowering. What's a PPM? I'm not familiar with that oh, acronym. I'm sorry. In private real estate investments, usually the document that you read before you invest is a private placement memorandum. And it's usually, you know, hundreds of pages, lots of legal ease because every investment is bespoke. You know, it's not a, it's not a public security where there's one set of governing documents. And truthfully, if you're a smart investor, you should read the whole document. Um, and that's what you ought to do if you're investing in private real estate funds. What we're doing is different. It's the SEC has read all the documents for you. There are annual audits. The properties are audited. And I'm not going to promise you that that doesn't mean things can't go wrong. But mm-hmm. the whole point of the SEC regulatory agency is to provide oversight. It's an additional layer of safety for a retail investor. Got it. Got it. Um, so I, I did want to make sure I also covered this. So, you know, it probably goes without saying, but you know, one, I think one of the biggest um, advantages to leveraging a service like Compound, um, actually, I don't know that you guys have any direct competitors at the moment, um, but, you know, it is, it is so hard to find a good deal, do the diligence and lock it down right now. It is so hard because you have to have everything Like you need to have your team in place. And if you're doing it remote, I mean, you have to have your legal team in place, your realtor on the spot, your inspectors ready to go, your contractors, if you're going to do improvements or find value add properties. Um, and this removes all of that work. And while you think like, well, I mean, it's just my time, but I mean, you have to also put a value on your time and you know, all that time you, you're not able to secure deals year after year that's opportunity lost. That's it's continual opportunity loss or the cost of opportunity. So I think that this actually, it, it, even more so, like I look at it from that perspective of, well, now I actually have a chance because I'm focused on my career and what I'm doing. I'm not trying to be a full-time real estate investor right now. I just want to leverage my money better in what I believe in. And this gives me that maximum leverage of both my time and money. Um, and it's, it's one of the things I, I you know, that's why I was excited to have you back on the show because I actually really think this is so cool. I, you know, I, I want, I want more of it. And it's not just about the time that it takes to find a property. Like for example, I just bought a new, a new home. That's a condo in New York city this year. And it took massive amounts of time, but what if I wasn't local? What if I decided, okay, Janine, I want to invest in San Francisco. I mean, talk about time commitment and you yeah. add that level, the distance and, and it really becomes like just un- undoable, right? It's not, it's no longer practical for an investor of normal means to start trying to find deals all around the country. It's just yeah. no, nobody has that much time. So again, there are lots of reasons why having a platform that allows you to do it. But my vision for Compound is to make Amazon for real estate investing. Mm. So that you can log on, look by address, find something that meets the like the idea of real estate that you want to invest in because you have a a thesis about a neighborhood that's changing or improving or a city that's changing or improving and you want to invest in it. And it shouldn't be as hard as it is today to do that. Today, it's impossible. You know, you hear people talk about these Renaissance stories. Detroit is coming back. Birmingham is the new Nashville. Like there are all these fun stories. Like how do you take that information and do something with it? You call a cousin who knows a guy and put a little money in a deal. Like, there just isn't a way to participate. And guess who is participating? 
private equity firms, real estate investment funds, ultra high net worth investors. And that's not fair for the rest of us because we're the ones actually doing the work. We're the ones doing the jobs. We're the ones moving to these cities and creating that prosperity. Meanwhile, shut out from that amazing investment opportunity. And I don't think that's fair. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up Birmingham. Do you think Birmingham is the new Nashville? I'll be honest. I haven't been there, so I don't know. But I'm in New York and I talked to a lot of sophisticated real estate investors. There's a company there that had a big exit uh, startup. I believe it's called Shipped. And because of that, it's created a startup ecosystem. You know, anytime there's a multi-billion dollar exit, lots of people get wealthy and they start companies. Those companies create jobs and they don't just create jobs. They create a feeling of growth and prosperity that's very difficult to bottle. And it it seems to me that Birmingham has that because it comes up fairly often in meetings. Another city I keep hearing about in much the same way is Columbus. I keep hearing Columbus is everybody. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. The new Nashville. Oh yeah. Everybody's the new quote unquote new Nashville. (laughs) I don't know if it it isn't. People talk a lot about Tampa. Um, So there are these secondary cities that are having a moment in time and wouldn't you like to put a little bit of that in your portfolio? I know I would. You know, interestingly enough, all those cities have something in common is that real estate is approachable to purchase. Mm-hmm. The prices are still reasonable. Today. Yeah, but today. Yeah. And so that, but, anyway, that's the opportunity. But if you look at what happens when cities mature, like New York City used to always be the most expensive city in America, right? And then all of a sudden, I would say about 20 years ago, San Francisco kind of started to keep pace. Mm-hmm. Recently, I was in LA. LA is as expensive as New York all of a sudden because of the job creation from Netflix and all these alternative media channels that have created a ton of jobs, a ton of wealth. Mm-hmm. And what you see happening is that prices start to converge. You know, so that prices in London and New York and Singapore and Tokyo, they're all sort of at parity with each other. And so you can develop a thesis that as cities grow and mature and start to attract jobs that pay, because Somebody wants to get paid a couple hundred thousand dollars, whether they live in New York or DC or Charlotte, housing prices rise. And that's why participating in housing prices is such an interesting investment thesis because unlike regular real estate, regular real estate, commercial real estate trades on the basis of the income it generates. Housing is a totally different animal. Right. Why housing prices appreciate. It's strictly a function of how many people show up in an open house and start a bidding war. <laughs> it's strictly supply and demand. Nobody walks into a house with their wife who's like, honey, I love the kitchen. And he's like, but the cap rate is too low. That's not how trade. trade because he says, honey, there's another couple behind us. And like, she's got an expensive handbag. We should bid above the ask. And that's what drives housing prices up. And that's why only yeah. homes as an investment property is such an interesting counter cyclical recession-proof way to invest. You know, I had this business model idea. Uh, and if anyone's listening to this, maybe we can, we can work on this. But uh, in an area where I own some property, um, there's, uh, I did some research. They have like an infill toolkit of building new infill in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I wanted to reverse engineer it and take and go buy all the duplexes. Because they're trying to sell the duplexes at a six cap. And I figure, well, let's buy the duplexes at a six cap. That's fine. That's, you're not going to cash flow. But we reverse engineer the infill toolkit. We actually split the duplexes because they're side by side. They're basically twin homes. Mm-hmm. And then you sell them as single families, but effectively at a 35 to 4% cap rate per address. And so mm-hmm. you could just Where flip. Where are these duplexes? Which city? 
<laughs> we can talk after. Okay, it's a secret. Okay. <laughs> this magical city that's got too many duplexes and nothing's coming to mind. So. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's not too many. There's probably, uh, probably a few hundred. I don't know. That's but enough. You, yeah, can, you can retire off that. Yeah, there's enough of it. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that the city had never done and no one's approached them with it. Uh, but it's also the thing where it takes a little bit of capital and uh, appetite for risk, of course. But, you know, it's the kind of things like the interesting opportunities like that. Um, all right, let's not go down those two weeds, weeds too far. I want to talk about obviously what you guys are working on. It's not easy. Otherwise, you'd have tons of competitors trying to do exactly this. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to, let's run through some challenges here. What have been some of the biggest challenges you've hit in being able to get compound where it is? And what do you foresee as the next challenge or the next hurdle? Um, you know, what we're doing combines a bunch of different disciplines. There's obviously the regulatory and legal lift, which we've mentioned already. There's a technology component. I mean, it's ultimately a marketplace that lives in the virtual realm, meaning we had to connect payment processors. This is a security. So we have to do know your customer and anti-money laundering review of every single customer. Mm. Um, we have to find the properties, negotiate with landlords. This is a negotiated transaction, one at a time. And then on the back end, we have to do property management. We have to find a tenant for the property. We have to make sure that there are sufficient reserves in case the stove or the fridge breaks. So there are a lot of different pieces we had to stitch together. It's, you know, you gushed about how seamless the experience is, but that's because there's a lot of work happening beside, behind the scenes to make it all hang together. Yeah. And a lot of that is, is, is pretty janky offline. And so we had to really figure out this patchwork quilt to stitch together everything from bank integrations to take payments to FINRA broker dealer processors to do the know your customer to property managers to do the property level reporting to, to you know, all these different pieces had to come together at the same time to build the experience that you had this morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so I've been following some news recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I thought these might be challenges. You might feel different about it. Um, so New York City, um, obviously, it's your backyard. So uh, I'll trust what you have to say about it. Um, the, the real estate board just, uh, I think that's who it is that sets the laws, just announced that brokers have to pay the or landlords have to pay the broker fee. They can't pass that on to the tenant. Is this a hindrance or any reason to be shy about investing in real estate with, with changes like this? Look, I think the popular sentiment of what we're seeing politically today is, is definitely concerning to landlords everywhere, right? There is an anti-landlord pro-tenant sentiment that's permeating our populist politics that you cannot ignore. Mm-hmm. That being said, when you look at markets like New York, like all of the markets that we invest in or we facilitate investment into, they have 95%, if not higher, occupancy rates. Mm-hmm. People want to be here. They want to find apartments here. I think what that means is landlords are going to have to be more creative. What I think it really means is that brokers should be afraid because brokers, look, rental brokers provide a service that is of dubious value. And if the tenant can find the apartment without the broker through whatever it may be, an on-site brokerage office, a no-fee rental website, that broker has been disrupted and that job has been made obsolete. So yes, landlords, I think, are afraid of the general sentiment, but of all the anti-landlord provisions that have been passed over the past year, 
This one is probably the least concerning. Um, I think everybody can imagine a world without rental brokers. And, and we can all kind of sleep at night without them. You know, there's some great people that do that business. I'm not trying to disparage. And they clearly add value. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Yeah. But this will force landlords to be more creative about going direct to customers. I, I so agree with that. Um, you know, when I moved to Chicago, I had two days in the city to find an apartment. And then the, I had to go back to Washington and then hope within two weeks when I was moving back here that I was going to secure an apartment. So there was a lot of pressure and I did leverage uh, an agent to help me find an apartment. Mm-hmm. I had very specific criteria and I had minimal time to do that. However, now that I'm in Chicago, if we decide to move, I, I don't have... There was nothing that agent did that mm-hmm. would actually make my life that much easier to, to pay out for that. It was just, there was nothing there. And really, you know, when I, by using that agent, it actually caused more friction because the place I rented, they already had an agent. So that agent was mad, didn't want to accept us because then they had to split their commission. I mean, it actually jeopardized me getting the place I wanted to live because of this cooperative competition structure and, and all this. And, you know, it just didn't, it, it felt unfair to me. Also felt unfair that I had to teach both agents in this job how to use digital processes and <laughs> use, you know, things like dot loop or or hello sign. I forget what we used, but you know, it was just maddening. So um Nate, I'm sure we could have a whole podcast about how we could reinvent every stage of the both rental process and purchase process because like I said, I just bought a condo here in New York and I couldn't believe the stacks of paper. Oh my gosh. The binder clips and like notary stamps and it, you just look at this and you think, really? Is it really the year 2020? Is it <laughs> And it, the, the, the lawyer's like driving around the city in his car with his stack of documents and I'm like, oh my gosh. We have the cloud and we have, you know, electronic signatures and where do these documents even go? Like, is there like some warehouse that has stacks and stacks of papers? I can't imagine. So I agree. The process needs innovation. This is a weird way for it to come about, but I do think there are plenty of ways, especially given all of the advances in like video tours of properties and really in-depth mapping um, street view on Google, where you can do a lot of the work from your computer without having to hoof it around to see as many apartments as the average person probably sees before they sign up, at least or buy a home. Yeah. And I tell everyone, anytime we get down to the digital signature stuff is I had Pat Kinsell from Notarize on the show way early. And if you haven't looked at what Notarize is doing, I, mm-hmm. I, I always suggest it. It's a digital notary. You can do it from your computer 24-7 anywhere in the world. Um, pretty for, I don't know if it's 24-7, mm-hmm. but it is digital. You can do it anywhere and you don't have to uh, you know, I went through the process of getting uh, opening up a HELOC on a, on a property earlier this uh, or late last year, and getting the paperwork signed was such a pain. It took me almost two and a half months to close mm-hmm. a HELOC because of this, yeah. which was, you know, no, that's a whole other. By the way, what we should be doing with this podcast, hopefully, there are some listeners out there that are eager to start companies, and maybe we're giving them some ideas about pain points in our industry that they can solve. Because I know for sure there's a better way. Oh yeah. Yeah, 
That's what I always hope for. Yeah. <laughs> so, and just think like, oh, I got it. I, I'm all over it. I'm going to make a better rental process. There you go. Yeah. Email us after the show with your uh, unicorn idea. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay. I want to get back to progress at Compound. Um, so 2020, I think is going to be a big year for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what's on the horizon? What do you, um, think are going to be like, let's, let's talk number of properties, um, that people have opportunity to choose from. How many do you think, um, will be, you know, available for people to invest in by the end of the year? So we have four today and we anticipate having 50 by the end of the year, which is about a hundred million dollars worth of gross value on the platform. That's amazing. And that'll all be domestic this year? Or do you think some of that will be international? We've been having some really exciting conversations with some overseas uh, real estate players. There's a group out of Japan that really wants us to launch a Tokyo offering uh, to coincide with the Summer Olympics there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so exciting to me. I just want to make sure, you know, we're a young company. I, I, want, I don't want to bite off more than we can chew. And I am a person that thinks big and loves, you know, shiny, pretty things. So I do want to stay disciplined. But I think the sky's the limit. Whether we'll get there before the end of the year or this is something that happens further out, I'm not really sure today. Yeah, very cool. Um, I love it. I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. Um, before we move on, because I do want to get into the the final segment, which is you know the final two segments I have here. Um, I know we've we've covered quite a bit of ground about the the progress you guys are making, what's on the horizon, the new app. I don't think I complimented you guys on the branding yet. By the way, you know, oh, like as a as a as a marketer, these are the things that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how you did this. So here's what I first noticed. Because, you know, I, I make sure I follow all of our previous guests on social media. There is a direct correlation between your personal online brand and Compound. I can see it immediately. The green and the, and the blue accents that I see, like, mm-hmm. I think I've seen those on your profile previously. Well, um, I, I was, you know, pretty instrumental in picking the colors, but nobody's <laughs> ever said that before. So I think that's interesting. Oh, it's totally there. It's, it, you yeah. know, I think it's your old profile pick, actually. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody said that before. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Well, if you picked the colors or had a, a hand in it, that's probably yeah. why. But I think it looks great. I love it. Um, it's very modern. It's, I think it's going to appeal to people who would be interested in this, this product to, and, you know, the, the look of it. But is there anything we haven't covered that you think is really important that people need to understand and know about? the work you guys are doing and, you know, where you're headed? Well, um, what, everything we do is open to all investors because we went through the SEC approval process and because the owning entities for each of the properties is taxed and structured as a REIT, both non-accredited investors can invest, which is very unique for our industry, and foreign investors can invest as well without fear of uh, FERPTA, which is the tax that foreign investors in U.S. real estate often have to pay. Yes. So again, we see this as a really big opportunity for people that love today American real estate, but in the future, real estate generally, to invest through a platform that makes sure that everything is battle-tested, transparent, easy to understand, and run by adults who've been in the real estate industry for a while. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to move into the bottom segments of the show. This is where uh, I get to, we go two different rounds. The first one is going to be for the future. I think you remember this one, but I've changed the questions. Uh, for, this, for the future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Janine, are you ready to play? 
Oh, geez. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you kind of answered this one, but um, we'll go a little bit further than just 2020. Uh, what does Compound look like one year from now? I think we'll be bigger, global, um, and something a lot of people were talking about. We want to be part of popular culture. We want to be on everybody's phone. Awesome. Question number two, what will prop tech as an industry look like one year from now? Um. Overly well-funded, a little bit scared of the post-WeWork era, um, but I think an area of a lot of promise. It's an enormous industry that has changed very little in the recent past. So I think a lot of people will be making big strides. Love it. Uh, question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? <sighs> hmm. I think... Um, I don't know, the, the rise of Me Too companies. You see one company succeed in a sector and then you see 50 other companies do the exact same thing. I see it in co-working, co-living, short-term furnished rentals, um, you know, just not very differentiated product mm-hmm. and lots of money pouring into all these different players. And I, I'm just not sure I understand why the world needs so many of them. I guess VCs tend to spread their bets so that they can make sure they're a part of the survivor and the winner. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me there are, it, it would just be a lot more exciting if, if the VCs were more invested in different things as opposed to every everybody piling into the same ideas. I love that. Uh, I've got a lot of ideas for those out there looking for new stuff. <laughs> I know the early movers and shakers. Uh, all right. Question number four. This is the final of For the Future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Paperwork. Paperwork. Yes. Definitely. There's so Amen. paperwork in real estate everywhere. And I think it just... I think it just adds to that mental barrier, mental obstacle people feel when they start to think about investing in real estate. They're like, "Ugh, it's so hard. It's so much work. It's so complicated. It doesn't happen. You know, and uh, one last comment on that paperwork. When I had to, when I did my HELOC, the mm-hmm. first mobile notary, he was mad at me that I insisted on reading the paperwork. He was wow. like, 15 minutes showing up and then was mad that I wanted to read the paperwork. And I, you know, I couldn't help but say, well, sorry about your luck, man. You can sit there, click your pen all day long. Uh, I'm going to read this. So right. I hope you have an hour. Right. Um, but yeah, I agree. Get rid of uh, some of the paperwork that we don't necessarily need. Let's, you know, make it, uh, let's make it digital so I could at least read it at home at night, not take up the digital notaries day. All right, we're going to move into the last three here. Uh, Janine, this is for our listeners to get to know you better. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one is, what are you reading? No, oh, I'm reading this book. What's it called? The Overstory? It's the really Overstory. It's a Pulitzer Prize. I think that might be the wrong name. It's about climate change. Richard Powers? Written from the, yeah, written from the point of view of trees. It's really beautifully written. It's an amazing book. I recommend it highly. All right. Yeah, I found that one pretty quickly. Um, I have not read that one. I just Googled it as we were talking. Uh, question number two, uh, who are you learning from? Hmm. Well, I'm just an avid reader of medium blogs and I like to read from people who are farther along in their startup journey than I am. 
people who've been in business longer than I have. I'm really trying to refine my management skills. I think learning to manage the team and be a better manager of people will ensure our success long-term. And so I'm trying to... The thing about management is it's not it's not a new issue. Literally everybody who's ever managed a team from, you know, medieval, medieval, I don't know, army captains to today have dealt with the same problems. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot you can read on the subject. So I try to be a pretty voracious reader on the topic. Nobody in particular, but just, I think on the topic of management generally, I've been pretty focused. I love that. Um, as a team here, um, uh, our, our leadership here, we all just read together and worked through uh, Measure What Matters okay. in implementing uh, OKR frameworks for uh, how we set company uh, objectives, which is the O, and our key results, which is the KRs, um, and how we then you know drives direction of both uh, leadership and then teams and then down to individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that... Um, could be one to add to your list if you haven't read that one. Measure what matters. I like that. Yeah. All right. Last one here. Uh, What inspires you? Hmm. I don't know. I have this team of amazing people that works with me and some of the young people on my team are just, I just, I always, I'm excited to see what's next and what's new and what's in the future and how things change so rapidly. And I love being a part of it. I love being around people who are thinking about it all the time. I love Silicon Valley and, and how they bet big on big, big changes to the world. Like, I don't know. It's not one, any one thing in the, in particular, but I think it's just the power of humans when we come together and we set our mind to things, how amazing we can be and what amazing things we can build. Yeah. I love that. Janine, this has been, this has been great. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. It's on a Saturday here. We're recording. So I appreciate that so much. Um, and the update and um, looking forward to you guys continue to progress because I'm going to own a, I'm going to own shares of properties all around the world. This is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Before, <laughs> you're welcome. Before we go, uh, people want to connect with you or they want to learn more about Compound and uh, try out the app themselves. Where do they go and how do they do that? So you can look for the app on app on the App Store or on Google Play. It's called Compound. And you can look at our website, getcompound.com with links to everything there as well, including my email address. Boom. Well, there it is. Uh, Janine Yorio, um, she leads Com- Compound. They're killing it. Um, proud of you guys. Uh, branding looks great and all and uh, excited to see. We'll have to do this once a year. This is going to be a have to, an annual thing. We'll just keep great. documenting this and I'll, I'll make all the investors feel bad about missing, missing out on <laughs> being part of this because it'd be like, you know, we listened to the first one. They should have jumped right. in, but right. um, very cool. Well, thank you so oh, much. It's a pleasure. Yeah, appreciate your time and uh, let's keep in touch. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Nate. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list so you never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.